slowing it down, pausing, but the intensity has to be just like it was when you were 16 and bench pressing. Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear, I'm hanging out with coaches Skip Hill and Andrew Berry, and we're joined by Dusty Hanshaw. We're going to start out talking about the Indie Pro, and shout out to Skip and his client Emmanuel Rodriguez, who took third place in the 212. After that, we're going to talk training with Dusty. We're going to talk about how his training has evolved over this past year. Plus, we've got some listener questions, and hey, if you guys want to take part in the next show, then comment below with your questions. We'd be happy to tackle them then. If you're new here, let me encourage you to hit the subscribe button and hit the bell. We've got several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week featuring IPB pros, coaches, and educators in our industry that are all here to help you get better at the sport that we love. Yeah. No, Manny Rodriguez. <clears throat> Excuse me. He goes by Emmanuel and IFBB pro and Manuel if you want to follow him on Instagram. But yeah, he had a, you know, he had a torn bicep from doing very heavy undergrip rows, uh, you know, in early in the off season. And, it, you know, he has quite a bit of a setback. He got lucky. He dodged a bullet because if you guys can tell that he tore that bicep, let me know because I don't mm. see it. I can't see it from the inside. I can't see it from the outside. I think he just got lucky as shit. Damn. So he's had a good, you know, he was off for a while. He did it right. Um, I was concerned because – you know, we all kind of want to rush back and we want to get there. Oh, I feel good. You know, I feel good. I want to get going. But he was patient and he did it the right way and he's come back healthy and, you know, good off season. We ran into some issues. You, you guys know, Andrew, we talked about the blood sugar level issues with growth. So we ended up cutting oh, yeah. it, not even fucking with it. We're like, we're just, we're going to wipe it out. So he ended up that he was, you know, he didn't use growth and, you know, he didn't gamble with that which was nice because that could have been a you know, a mess, obviously for health, but also even for conditioning and battling blood sugar levels like that. So it, it went really well. I mean, I was happy with it. We fought a little bit. It was funny because he wasn't going to do the indie. We were going to go straight to the New York Pro. And about six weeks ago, he's like, you know, hey, what do you think about doing this? I'm like, well, you know, everything's on track. Everything looks good. Everything's going. I want to say we were on cruise control because that makes it sound like it's easy. It's never really easy. But things were just rolling along. You know how you do those preps and things just come together and things work the way they're supposed to work. And that's how it was going. So it gave us an opportunity to kind of get in for that first show and, of course, tweak to see, you know, what we need to do for the following week. So I fought a little bit um, to keep him full. And I know the minor, I don't want to say it's a mistake because it wasn't a bad decision, but... Um, three or four hours of a minor simple change during the loading and, and he'll be fuller and we won't have to battle. It's funny because once you start to start to flatten out, boy, then it's like you're battling. Yeah. <laughs> you're, oh, yeah. you're fighting. You're like, Oh shit. And, and luckily, you know, I, I saw it early on. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Then I, I should have done this and we should have stayed with this. And like I said, minor subtle tweaking, and I think he'll be better, and, and arguably he needs to be for the New York because it'll it'll be tougher. So the two guys in front of him, you know, great structures, great. I, I want to say the one guy was Justin Compton's guy, mm -hmm. um, kind of a newbie. Um, he, oh, know, he turned pro great. in 2014. He turned oh, pro in 2014. okay. okay. This is only his fourth show. Okay, then sure. that's what. Then that must be what it is because he hasn't competed much since yeah. then. Like okay, fair enough. Eight years. 
Yeah. yeah, you know me. I don't do the back outside of my clients. I don't do any homework on anybody. Half the time, I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? Right. <laughs> like, I am literally focus on my clients these days, and I don't know much what's going on outside of them. Are you guys talking to change what you do with your clients anyways? I think that's exactly I mean, that's Absolutely. that's advice for anybody that's listening to this is I, I will I've had a few clients I tell them, okay, if if I am allowed to be your boss, you are not allowed to be on social media until the show. Huh. <laughs> because they mind fuck themselves. And I'm like, sure. It does there's no defense. I don't care what they look like. If they're better than you, they're better than you. No. Nothing yeah. we can do, you know. So I, I love hearing that that's how you approach, and I wish the clients would as well because I never know. They're like, "Oh, did you see so and so?" I'm like, "No, I don't know who that is." Yeah, especially in the uh, Instagram age because what they look like on Instagram has nothing to do with what they're going to look like on stage. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was so this is two twelve we're talking about, and this yeah. is the guy who so he placed third. Uh, mm-hmm. Second was is it uh, Noel? Noel. Uh, Noel Adami, no. is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Okay, because I don't know him, but I know his legs are freaking incredible, dude. Him and the guy who got first, uh, Brian Brian Bolzano, dude, their legs are both freaking nuts. So, yeah, I mean, he looked really good, and then I had a shot of Brian as well too. I mean, look at those freaking legs on him. I mean, that's a hell of a physique, and to think, how tall is he? Three feet. Yeah, right. He's got to be. <laughs> uh, I think he's like five foot six. Is he? All right. Yeah, I think he's five six. Hold on. And you know, That's in fairness too, if you go deep and you go to the fourth and fifth place guys, yeah, they were still good. Oh yeah. There's a there's a guy back there that had he been and this isn't a, this isn't a shot of him. This is totally um it's a compliment. So if anybody's a fan of his and they think I'm shitting on him, I'm not. Incredible structure, arguably as good as the structures that took first and second, but he wasn't tight enough. Our, mm-hmm. I, I, this yeah. guy I knew about only because I had a guy in the gym, a friend of him, a good friend of mine, who pointed him out to me about three weeks out. And it was funny because on the line of what Dusty and I are saying, I, li- I literally said, oh, he looks great. I don't give a fuck. I mean, it right. just doesn't it doesn't factor in. But I was impressed by what he showed just because he the structure was so pretty, but he wasn't mm-hmm. tight. Something went wrong. You know how when you see so you're like, yeah, something just didn't go yeah. he was soft. He wasn't he wasn't full. And, and it, there was some issues i don't know what they were but something didn't right. go right likely within the last you know three or five days whatever it was we actually, he gets that right and he shows up at new york yeah uh you know and these are the conversations i had with manny too i'm like look you understand and he he knows the deal anyway uh but you know new york's gonna be tougher and the people behind you you, you got you gotta be on we gotta be on your fucking game because people can come up people can go down there'll be different people there we'll just see what happens and peaking back to back, I mean that's mm-hmm. that's a challenge. We actually got a question. We'll get to that a little later about a, a guy. He said he's competing. I think he said in three different countries, three weeks in a row. Uh, he wanted to ask us our opinions on that. Uh, and I want to throw a picture up of Blessing too. Uh, just he looked freaking incredible, mm-hmm. man. That waist yeah. on him is ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. He brought yeah. his legs up big time. Yeah, he looks great. He brought everything up big time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, who, who's he working with? You guys know? Go ahead, the Guru. Yeah, he, yeah, the, he's with the original Chad. Guru. No, yeah, he's with Chad. Don't he isn't? No, no. he's with uh, uh, Farah. Mm. Oh, is brother. he? Okay, yeah, the original Guru. <laughs> okay, now let me let me tell you the reason that I bring this up. Okay, I and maybe it was the way it was worded, but I don't like this. I won't use his name out of respect, but there's a. 
a prep guy who took a picture with him and the implication exactly you know exactly about. what I'm talking I about saw and it's it a like douche move ago. it's His a initials fucking initials are AA right yeah <laughs> I, I it's just a douche move I'm not saying the guy's a douchebag I'm saying it's a douche move because it gives the implication that you work that's your that's your guy mm, and I thought there right. is no fucking way he's working with him I think it's important if you do post a picture like that to tag their coach so people see that, or you just say coached by so-and-so. Wouldn't you? I mean, that's the that's yeah. the courteous. I do that when I take pictures with my friends that are, you know, some competitors Shit. that are coached by somebody else, like, obviously. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but he looked great, so shout out to him. And also, too, you know who we've had on the show before, I would consider him a friend of the show, is uh, Brent Swanson. And he, he managed to get up into the first call-out in his <laughs> freaking pro debut. Yeah. That's incredible, isn't it? To me, that was the uh, the the, uh, the talk of the show in my head, right behind Blessing, just because it was like, what? Yeah, like, as nuts <laughs> as he was, you just didn't expect it. I mean, yeah, yeah, he was nuts. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. He's awesome. with Chad, right? Yeah, that's yep. he's with Chad. Yeah, because yep. he has doesn't he have uh, diabetes of some sort? Of yeah, he does. Type one. one. Yeah. yeah, type one. Yep. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a uh, a bringing in a landing that's pretty insane, and they've done it twice now where he's come in flawlessly with Chad's help. I mean, this one is obviously really nuts, but that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, such that's, a cool that's what, story. That's a guy too. who just won the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, you know, trust me, he's as happy as blessing as leaving that show for sure. I think you're right. <laughs> that's cool, man. So anyway, congratulations to everybody. You know, that was a that was a cool show, and I feel like it was a really nice uh, like kickoff basically to the season. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens next week. Um, I wanted to dive into this topic though, because Dusty, I don't remember seeing you doing it like, and specifically, I'm thinking of your leg training first. I don't remember seeing you doing like the kind of volume you're doing now, nor with mm-hmm. the kind of control that you use. And I, I, I feel like, yeah, we're, I know you still, you still like really bang hard with the, uh, like the, the, the back movements and stuff. I thought it'd be cool to talk about like what your leg workouts actually look like and maybe even break into some other workouts too. Like what a, what a back workout actually looks like. Cause we see the highlights, you know, we see like right. the real heavy set and that stuff's awesome to watch, but I'd like to get into a little bit more of the details. So uh, can you first tell us a little bit about how your leg training has evolved in, and why it's changed? Um, well, I mean, it, it started evolving probably a couple of years ago. Um, actually it was Ron was, uh, the first to kind of like, I hate to say it, but it sounds like, you know, when, when you're, uh, when you're, when you're dabbling in something you shouldn't be doing and a friend pulls you aside, uh, Ron pulled me aside and said, uh, this is a mathematical thing. Your strength is reaching a point that it's, it's not safe anymore. Um, and, and honestly, like I knew, like when I started, you know, finding ways to rig weights onto hack squats <laughs> um, and was still in like a 10, 12 range, I did realize like, okay, you know, I'm aware every time I get under this, that this, the risk to reward is, is, is thinning, you know? Yeah. Um, but because of Dante and, and, you know, where I've, what I enjoy about training is the scoreboard. So, I couldn't just be like, okay, I'm going to go in there and do, you know, sets of 20. Because even if I do sets of 20, well, next week I want to add weight for the 20. <laughs> um, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. So Ron brought it up. And then finally Dante actually said to me, hey, 
what if you really slow down? Hmm. Um, and you know, we started at four count negatives, which is kind of a DC thing, but that really didn't feel much different. So we upped it to six. Um, and that's not six seconds. I hate when every time I say six count negatives, someone goes, that wasn't six seconds. I'm like, well, no. I didn't say six That'd be seconds. a long ass negative. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, but the game changer actually has been the pause. So doing a complete stop at the bottom of every rep, it, it takes away all spring that you have yeah um and it's it's been fun it's challenging um strengths coming up quickly with it but i do like with the negative as well especially under a decent load like you can feel the fibers working like on the way down you know what's happening oh yeah um you know so love that aspect of it but what throws people off of course because in the mindset like you just asked scott is well if that's working then why wouldn't you do it for everything hmm I don't get the same um, feeling. So, for example, I've, I tried to do it with back. I went in and said, okay, you know, I'm going to do my rows that way. My forearms started hurting. Not not pain, but, like, they became an issue before my back was. Mm, you, know, yeah. you know, things like that. And then even, the, even when I'd leave the gym and I'm like, all right, that was a brutal workout, um, it didn't feel brutal the next day. And I, although we've went over, and I know you guys have a million times, like, soreness doesn't equal a better workout. Yeah. It kind of does. Kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> it tells you something, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you it's it's kind of like everyone says. I mean, scientifically, fasted cardio is not better. I'm like, mm, but yeah, I agree with you 100. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you too. People will send me you know, the research papers, and I'm like, I don't care what the research says. I've done it both yeah. ways, and I know one works better than the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just certain things that you can't argue with. So um, that's why with the back training, even with the clips I put up. You'll see, like, there are more of that on the pull downs. Things okay. like that. Really going slow, really getting the pauses. But when it comes to thickness, I mean, it just, it's always been for me grip and rip. It just works. And, you know, I'm fried top to bottom yeah. every time, you know. And I think some of that is, is just the way my body's built. It genetically works. You know, I feel the same thing. Like, you know, I've been in many arguments that a deadlift isn't for back. You know, and I'm like, well, you, need to, you need to be inside of my body the day after deadlifts. Have you, you know, seen my back? It's for back, you know. But I mean, even even forgetting about the result, like you can't argue what you feel, you know. Yeah. So on the flip, I think what sucks is with this conversation yeah. is I wish that I would have done this earlier in my career um, when when I had a career that it wasn't just for me the look. Because I'm, my legs are actually growing better now than they ever have. No kidding. And, and they kind of topped off. Like I got stronger, but they weren't changing anymore. I was just getting stronger. Yeah. Now they definitely are, and I'm definitely not uh, coming in there with fighting injuries, waiting for a knee or this or that to go wrong. Like you know, nine times out of ten, right now I walk in and I'm just thinking about moving weight. You know, so it's it's really uh, it's fun for sure. And I, I like the mental side because, as you guys know, when you it's one thing to jump into a set and go. Um, I compare it to like, you know, guys will say like, "Oh, look how hardcore this was! I did this for five reps." I'm like, I want to see what you can do for fifty. Yeah, that's man, hardcore. Right. Yeah. yeah, like that's hell. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, and that's the other tweak Dante made is on leg press every every week. Um, before I get that's the thing is I don't really show it in order all the time, but I actually save like the Smith squats and that stuff for the end. Okay. Um, yeah. So I will have already done two sets of 30 on unilateral leg press, two mm -hmm. sets of 50 on regular leg press, 
and then I walk over and do that. So I'm trying to like really be done when I get under those. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the body feels really open is, is key. But the other thing is, again, it's bringing those poundages down because I think right now, like, I think I'm up to 495 on the Smith, which is good. But I, if I had started with it, I think I'd be chasing weight again and being a little, a little less uh, focused on the real result, you know, because even though you're addicted to the scoreboard, it has to have a reason. Yeah. You know, and, and those, those leg presses too. I mean, he really pushed on like getting the depth and stuff. That's a game changer. If you find the leg mm-hmm. press that's right for you and you can get your feet just low enough, I mean, as low as you can without coming into the toes. Yeah. I think that, I think people still sleep on the leg press for some reason. Hmm. You know, it, it's like, no, if you're not feeling it, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Or it's the wrong angle too for that machine because so many leg presses are different based mm-hmm. on foot position and that sort of shit too. You know, you touched on something. You said if if I would have known her, I wish I would have done this sooner, but isn't that the definition, textbook definition of wisdom? I mean, right. you have to go through all of these things to gain that wisdom. So you don't gain from it, but anybody listening to you will be like, uh, and you've just saved them a shit ton of time. Well, I think too, though, the other thing that's tricky, and, and I know all of us have been part of this, is um, I don't think that sooner I would have taken that advice because it was too yeah. fun chasing weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I think that I had I was old enough and just you know you you also realize especially coming off of my my injuries from last year and stuff like I definitely was like all right you know I want to get my size back again but there's really no reason to risk it all anymore <laughs> you know yeah. so I I think it would have been harder to even for Dante which I I bet you if we were to go back truly he probably told me this 2 years ago Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't ready. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And then you kind of move on. So <laughs> if he sees this, I'm sure I'll get a text and go, no, it was three. Um, <laughs> I'll send you a screenshot of the DM. Yeah, exactly. Trust me. He has it. <laughs> yeah. No he screenshot that day. He's like, this idiot is not going to do this yet, but someday. <laughs> you know what I think it is about the leg press is you can kind of, you can kind of like fake it a little bit on a leg. Like you can fake your way through a set. Versus if you squat, you can't fake your way through a squat. Like, it's going to just suck. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I, I, I know that in the past, I I did not get as much out of the leg press as I do now. And part of it, I think, was my range of motion. Part of it was sure. probably my foot placement. But then part of it was just how I, how I used the weight, you know, just letting it fall down and then pushing it back up. Yeah, I, I feel like, man, I used to... I used to put like 20 plates on the thing and uh, like easy, you know, no, excuse me. I'm thinking that we had that hammer strength leg press at one of the powerhouses here. The one that has the two Two pins. Exactly. And it's not quite at a 45. It's more like a 30. You know what I mean? Right. So we'd get so many plates, like just every plate in the gym and then, you know, do eight reps on it. But I feel like now using far less plates but with you know getting 20 reps or 25 or dude 50 reps i can't imagine uh you're doing two sets of 50 reps on the leg yeah. press yeah i love those that's, that's john defendant shit right yeah. there <laughs> you know what, though, we're I going mean, back. if you guys have done it you know what it is it's like that's another thing because i mean oh yeah i i think too like you were just saying I think the reason I didn't use a leg press a lot was because I was very strong and I could get injured really easy because when you get that depth, your hip flexors are in a dangerous spot. Yeah. Now you got 2,000 pounds or whatever it is. And the risk to reward, actually, a leg press hurt me more times than any other leg movement ever did. 
because yeah. I was always still pushing that depth. But like you said, it's 20, 26, whatever plates. Now I'm in there with 10 or 12 per side. And it's like, this is good. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, you know, because you truly do at, at if you've anybody who's going to try this, use a weight where at 30, you say to yourself, this is too light because at 32, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it creeps yeah. up fast. Yeah. I mean, it's like a light switch. I mean, there's been a few times where I'm like, Oh, we're killing. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) You know, you start talking shit in your own head and you're like, Mm -hmm. then you get one more rep and it's like, okay, we got 17 to go, you know, (laughs) but I I do think that the high reps and the unilateral is awesome. Hmm. That took me a long time to find. uh, And, and I just finally just, I truthfully, I committed to it after uh, I came out of the hospital because I was like, well, I can't do anything else. So fuck it. Let's, Hmm. let's see how these go. What's that? Which uh, which machine are you using? Which brand? Oh, they're. I mean, I've done them all. We've got uh, an Arsenal. We have the what's the? Um, I mean, the gym I'm at now has a Hammer Strength, and then my favorite is actually the uh, the unilateral actual machine that. Um, what's the gym that makes the equipment in Ohio? Uh, Elite FTS. Yes. I was going to say, elite, I want to go yeah. with Elite FTS. Yeah, but, they're, oh, okay. they're, um, their unilateral leg press is awesome. The only yeah. thing that sucks about it is they don't have handles. Uh. <laughs> like you can't. So, so I found there, there's hooks down there that you can't reach. So I just get the cable crossover handles and slip them in there ah. so that I have something to hold on to because I'm like, you guys came up with this immaculate, flawless <laughs> thing. It's yeah. like making the perfect vehicle for me and not having a cup holder. I'm like, where's my drink? <laughs> Is it possible though that you like that was you got it really, really they got it really cheap because they just forgot to put handles on it? <laughs> Maybe it was on the <laughs> clearance rack. Or it was like you a of wonder. That was the that was the four thousand dollar clearance rack. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, they're not, they're not cheap. But think about that. They're made essentially because that's power lifter based company. I, and you I would have to have something, right? Why there would be no? That's just odd that there wouldn't be anything. Maybe, maybe it's an early there. prototype that they. Yeah, and it could be an older it one. So it's probably it may, a few years old. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. wild. I mean, especially if you're doing. You know, because you the nice thing about theirs is it's unilateral, but it can it can be used as you know both. Yeah. Just, slide the yep. post and good to go. Yeah. yeah, I remember the first time I got on that, I, I reached out. I have short arms to begin with, but I was like, where's the fucking handles? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine is broken. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So lay on us what the workout looks like in its entirety for legs. Like how many, what exercises are you doing? And then how many working sets per exercise? I've been wanting to know this personally myself. Yeah. So I still split um, hams and quads overall, um, but I, I walk in uh, and do adductors first always. Um, so I'll do four working sets of adductors, each one with a two count pause of the stretch and the contraction. Huh. And those are sets of like 20. Okay. And what's um, the reason, like what is your, your what what is your philosophy behind doing that? What is the benefit to doing it? Is it an injury? Is it... I think I look at adductors the same way I look at calves. The reason people don't do them is they, they're going to do them at the end and then they're tired and they're like, never mind. And they leave them out. Like, same thing I tell clients when you walk in to do your workout, calves start or abs start, then you do your workout. 
Yes. You're not doing them when you're done. Um, I do find that it does help loosen me up and kind of get the hips moving and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when you don't have great quad sweep, which I have no quad sweep, um, you have to have giant adductors. That's the only way you can have the semblance of a big leg because it doesn't matter. I mean, it's funny. We, we long time ago, I won't even try to remember, but we taped my leg and it was drastically bigger than it looks. Okay. And then I taped a friend's leg who has much better legs than me. And they were like an inch and a half smaller. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, it just like hurt my soul to realize how much I was not built for bodybuilding. Um, <laughs> well, how, how tall are you, Dusty? <laughs> What's that? How tall are you? 5'10". Okay, yeah. So yeah, on the so taller side too. Yeah. yeah. I just have a bit of it's, it's coming. I mean, it's the whole factor. It's the leg by itself. It's coming off hips that were made for, I don't know, babies um, and, and a lot of things. But but uh, so I finish those. Then I'll do I always do. Actually, even though I split them, I have to do hamstrings before I start. So I just do a lying leg curl. OK, um, I would do that would be seated if I wasn't where I am now. The seated leg curl at my gym sucks. I think the seated leg curl is the greatest piece of equipment for yeah. hamstrings hmm. exists. So. For everyone who just heard me say lying, do see if you have a good one at your gym. And then we start. So at that point, typically that I would go right into those leg press movements, then move over to the uh, Smith and the, or, or yeah, the Smith squat. I've been loving the Smith right now because I'm waiting. They actually, the new gym I went to ordered a hack squat when I came there because they didn't have one. And I was fortunate enough that the uh, manager was like, what do we need? And I was like, well, how much do you have? it's like you can have three pieces i was like okay but um so i started using their their smith and the beauty is uh thanks to evan Santapani years ago i started using my uh straps for handles instead of actually grabbing the bar Mm -hmm. that is a game changer no kidding yeah so because i don't have the i can't grab the it's it's not wide enough for me like when i do a free squat I actually put my hands all the way to the end of the bar and I'm touching the weights with each hand, you know? Um, So we'll do that. Uh, For those, I do warm-ups, but I just do sets of 10 on the warm-ups typically, real slow. And then it's two working sets, uh, 10 to 12 on the first one, and then 15 to 20 with like a one-plate drop back. That's the problem too is with uh, Instagram, when I post those, you can never know how long the sets are because they take longer than a minute. Mm. to complete <laughs> so I'm yeah. like you saw nine reps they were the last nine <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and then if there's anything left in the tank i'm still a huge proponent of walking lunges i just don't think that anything is better than a walking lunge so you know a couple sets of 15 per leg wait do it again by the time you're done with those you should be done yeah, that's a lot. So it's, it's it's a lot, but it's not a lot. Like, what are we yeah. talking here? How many sets? How many working sets is that total by the time you actually get to the leg press? Eight. eight? Well, not not counting the adductor and the hamstring. It's eight yeah. quad sets. Yeah, that's that's not yeah. much, man. That's not much. No, no and it I sounds don't, really I don't easy. use the warm ups yeah. either. You know, a lot of people were really pushing the warm ups. Like even on the leg press, I do fifteen on every warm up just to kind of find it and make sure I feel comfortable. Yeah. I, before I would do even less than that. Like in the DC days, it was just enough to touch it. Yeah. Like, all right, that felt good. Now move on. But now it's, it's definitely longer. Yeah. Okay. So how so, long does a workout like that take overall? Well, I'm old. So. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't 45 uh, no, probably, minutes. Probably about 90 minutes. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah so it's i definitely but that's the the big factor like it depends on the day if i need more time like clients always how long do you wait between sets I'm like, until you are absolutely mm. ready to go yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. absolutely ready when you're doing that few sets yeah you have to and and i guess that's part of the reason i wanted to ask and, and i guess guys if you're younger than dusty don't disqualify yourself and being like oh well i should get it done in 40 you know wow. i i think that you know, a lot of times you're thinking, well, eight sets, how am I going to be able to fill up 90 minutes with eight sets? I do eight sets before I get to my third exercise. You know, a lot of, a lot of people yeah. are probably thinking that right now. Well, That's and the if they are, let them. doing that many sets, you know, like it, your, your amount of time training doesn't change whether you're in there for 30 minutes or an hour and a half, because it's only those sets. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so I would question I would if they're going to bring that up as far as the time thing. My question would be, uh, are your sets anywhere near the intensity that Dusty is doing them? And the answer should be painfully obvious that if you're able to rip through that same amount of volume in less time, then it's not going to be on that level. It may be intense to you at that time, but that's the thing with training longer and that connection. I, I've said this, and, and I'm going to ask you, Dusty, if you feel the same way. I think that the longer you train, your 100% intensity, like if you were to go back five years, that, that level of intensity is, would be much easier to tolerate now. It's like our tolerance for intensity and tolerance for pain, tolerance for disc, not pain, discomfort, mm-hmm. it, you become kind of numb to it in a sense. So what you could do five years ago from an intensity mental standpoint you could do all the time. And I think that's why sometimes I say us, us older guys, the older demographic will find themselves overtrained because they're almost looking at like, I'm not, I'm not doing more. I'm not doing anything any different there. But you build up almost a tolerance to where that intensity is so much easier to tolerate. Oh, yeah. Well, I think also your and what you consider intensity in general alters. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Scott, I know we've talked about this in other uh, avenues, but um you know, Scott and I covered this the very first time I was on a show is peak to peak thinking, which essentially means like if you're climbing a mountain from the bottom, you can only see this a certain peak. We can't see any higher than that. And once oh. you climb up there, you realize, oh, fuck, there's a lot more mountain. I can see a new <laughs> higher level. And that's what happens with intensity as well, because mm-hmm. what I used to think is intense. Like, I mean, I thought I trained like an animal since I started. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I'm sure you skip and Andrew haven't heard this, but but uh, Scott has. I actually went and trained with JJ Marsh one time. Uh, He was my first real trainer and we went to the gym and we're doing extensions and we're like on seven sets. And finally, I was like, Jay, how many sets are we going to do of extensions? He goes, I'm still waiting for you to do one. (laughs) Was he the guy that the reps went up as the weight went up at the same time? Oh, yeah. I can't remember. I mean, There's someone who was like, all right, we're going to do 10 reps <laughs> of like 70 pounds. Then we're going to do 15 reps with 130 pounds. And then just the rep total kept going up. Yeah, it never made sense. Higher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, somehow you got it done. So you're not very do it. smart, but you're a great bodybuilder. Okay. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, you, and what's funny, though, Skip, is that workout, once I got through it and he annihilated me the rest of the workout, I knew how to train after that. Yeah. Like I never needed to train with someone again. And I, if there's one thing I wish I could do, it would be to get in the gym with everyone I've ever worked with once. 
Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because I really yeah. think no matter what it was, they would be like, oh, okay. You know, because I had another occasion where I asked a client that I was coming into town and he was like, oh, I'm nervous if, if you're going to come train with me. And I said, why? And he goes, well, it's going to be brutal. I said, no, I'm going to put you through the same workout. And he's like, well, yeah, but it'll be harder. I'm like, well, that's a problem. <laughs> it should be exactly how I would do it. You know what right. I mean? So I, I think that people just don't realize what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. But like you said, as you adapt to it, it, it you don't really know how else to do it. Yeah. You know? I like the analogy. I hadn't looked at that's That's pretty good. And you said Scott said that, right? Scott Stevenson? What's that? No, I, I had told Scott about this the first he, time I was on one yeah. of his podcasts. He had told me. Uh, yeah. It. yeah, I read okay. it in a book like a million years ago, but it, it makes sense with almost everything. Sure. You know, because it, it's the same with finances. Like when you're making 30 mm-hmm. grand, you're not logically saying, I'm going to try to get to a million. Yeah. But, but when you get to 100, sometimes you'll skip 200 because 300 looks best. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that, yeah. and because you can, it becomes feasible. You know, so I think that that's very key with intensity and and I think it's something you can bring out and there's definitely levels. You know, I've told the guys before, like I trained with Yates in Temple Gym after he was retired and I realized that I can't even fathom even now what he was like. The intensity of him retired was drastically beyond where I was at that point. And, you know, and that was I mean, I was truly gunning for a pro card at that point and known to be some psychopath. And I'm like, he would kill me. (laughs) Like even now, I mean, it was, it was definitely, it was exciting though. Cause again, that even that, when you meet somebody, you're like, oh, there's levels to this. So you, and that's in you, like it is for sure. We all have it. You just got to figure out how to tap into it. Let me add to that though, because I feel like he probably walked away from that same workout being like, hope he doesn't see what I look like now. Like he was probably puking too. Because, I just, because you know, like, you know, when you got someone younger training with you, like some of my training partners and stuff, I'm like, we're gonna do something real hard today. And we, whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. I can't a hundred rep leg set, you know, dropping, dropping plates, holds, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and you try to, you know, play it off. Like, Oh, you, know, you don't do this every time. <laughs> Cause they're limping out of the gym. And as soon as you get past them and you get to your car, you're like, Holy fuck! How did I make it? <laughs> Sometimes it's good for you to bring them in. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I, I cut yourself some slack, Dusty. He was probably like, "This kid can hang." Yeah, yeah I'm sure were, he was. Definitely, uh, but it is. It's exciting to realize that you know, and I, I think that right now the the predicament we run into is is it. There used to be a time where we were getting too sloppy with training, like all over the place, or just slang as bang as much weight as you can. And, and now I'm running into the opposite with clients. Like I had a guy the other day, and I don't mind because I messaged him about it. Um, I wanted him, you know, we talked about, you know, controlling the weight and feeling the muscle. And then next thing I know, I, I see on his Instagram post, he's doing uh, Smith Barbar Rose with 145. Yeah. Mm. It took the advice working too far. Set, the and I was way. like, oh, fuck, no. That can't create a reaction. It can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm sure it burned and whatever else. But so it's a really tricky thing to to get through someone's head that line between the two, you know. I'm wondering how many people right now who are listening are Googling JJ Marsh and then they see the picture and go, who is this motherfucker? I don't know who he is. (laughs) But he was pretty. He was damn. But you Mm -hmm. went back with that one. You were going back with that one. Oh, yeah. He was retired for 
over a decade or something before, uh, probably 15 years before I trained with him. But, you know, that's the other thing that, uh, that I think guys miss now, um, in, in, including my clients, because you can't really be this way anymore. But, like, he was ruthless with me. Hmm. Like, never nice, never made a compliment. <laughs> so when he did, I knew it was real. Yeah, you know, and and it wasn't that he was an asshole. It's just he was straight. You know, he wasn't impressed. Yeah, there no, you and, go. That's where I was going to go. He wasn't until he did something that truly him. impressed him. He let you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, there was a, there was a guy actually. You'll love this, but uh, there a guy came up to us in the gym one time, and he was getting ready for the USA's, and he asked Jay, he's like, "Hey, when you guys are done, you mind taking a look at me?" And he's like, "Sure." So we go in, and he hits all of his shots, and this is like two weeks out from the USA's. And I guess I didn't know this, the backstory, but the guy had been trying to turn pro for a while. And he was like, well, what do you think? And Jay's like, do you really want to know? And he said, yeah. He goes, I think you should quit the sport. <laughs> Two weeks before the USA. Ouch. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny because the guy, of course, was pissed. But he actually came back in three weeks later and said, I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, because, it, you know, there were other things in there. You know, he wasn't paying attention to life. He was chasing a bodybuilding dream. It's like. Yeah. You're 36, and this ain't going anywhere. And you know, <laughs> it, it someone needs to tell you the truth. So here it comes. Yeah. You know, but yeah. yeah it also, someone on the flip though that uh, this is probably the the best. The same guy who taught me how to train during a workout one time. He tried to break me down. I could tell. I was like, oh, okay, he's trying to make me quit. So I pushed back the entire workout, and finally uh, on a hack squat set, I was coming up for a rep. And I missed, and it started going back down. So he grabbed it and tried to pull, and I'm pushing with it, and we it sinks all the way down. So I, I get out, and I'm taking a couple breaths, and I, I knew I had like seven reps left. And so I looked at him, and I'm like, so do we pull it back to the top, or do you want me to just like get back in there? <laughs> Try to weasel back in. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he was like, how much money do you owe me? And I was broke at the time. And I was like, 1300 and whatever dollars. He's like, you don't owe me any money. We're good. Oh, shit. Nice. That's the best yeah. compliment you can get. <laughs> you know, because, yeah. you know, that was one of those things, too, where on the flip, it's like you see somebody that's willing to put in the work. And obviously, yeah. you know, if, if you Google him, you realize he knew he wasn't working with someone on his level. So I had to do that to even have a fighting chance. So, yeah, he's yeah, like a cool. training partner at that point, not really a client necessarily. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay. All right. I had another question. It kind of came up in our conversation. So you said at the gym. Uh, they're getting a new hack squat, and and the guy said you could get three pieces. Right. I want to know what the other two pieces were. What did you well, get? You got, but you got to understand this is a corporate gold, so I couldn't just get anything. Okay, it has to be within their stuff. So it's actually really simple. I just told them what I would get for the gym. They did not have a hammer strength incline press. Okay, that was a um, that's a necessity for a gym. Um, and then the other thing that I told him that I would get from a gym standpoint was just any sort of hip thrust machine for the ladies. I was like, mm. There's, those are your money pieces, you know. Yep. Which so, was not for there. you, but yeah, no. was for you. But kind of for you, yeah. <laughs> well, you're looking out for that gluten You're like, I got this for you. <laughs> now put it on. <laughs> exactly. It's a good way to put it. So we did have a couple questions, but um, can you run us through your your hamstring day? What that looks like too, because I'd love to hear that one as well. Oh yeah, that's that's easy. So even though we don't have a good, uh, so we start with adductors. See, I told you, never changes. <laughs> um, start with adductors. Then I actually, for the opposite reason, will do just some weightless walking lunges. Hmm. 
Um, but I'll do like sets of 40. Okay. Of those. Um, that's just to open up everything real good. Yeah. Uh, and then this is the only day that I go right to the fun stuff. So I'll usually go right to like an RDL. I thought um, so. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, the heavy set is like six to eight. And then the drop back is going to be like 12 to 15. And those are, those are terrible, <laughs> but they're an absolute addiction at the same time. <clears throat> and if I don't do those, I really like uh, Evan actually pointed these out to me years ago, high rep deadlifts. So doing like sets of 20 or 25 on deads, but I actually don't come all the way up. So, you know, when you would come up and your back would actually yeah. start to lift up. Yeah. I don't do that. It's just straight mm -hmm. up and down. Those will, if you have the lungs for it, will light the hamstrings on fire, hmm. like nothing. Um, so it'll be one of those two movements. Then at that point, I do go to the crappy seated leg curl we have and just do sets of 30 because it's that, uh, I don't know what the brand is where the whole fucking <coughs> machine moves. Hoist. Hoist. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get a decent contraction with it. I mean, it's not terrible. Yeah. But it's not on the level. I feel like these guys, and they start complicating this shit, I'm like, it's a curl. Their amusement rides is really what they are. <laughs> I feel like back I'm going to get nauseous. Back rows and everything. You're like, woo it's, it's Is your back growing? I don't know, but I'm having a lot of fun. I'm moving all over exactly. the place. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's so true. They have a curl, actually, that's awesome. But, I mean, I'm moving all over the place. I'm like, this is yeah. a curl. It's a cable curl. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so we do those, uh, and then I'll just finish off with uh, a lying leg curl, but I like the lying leg curl extremely strict. I think that, thank you for tuning in to another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. If we've provided value to you today, then please consider contributing to our show. You can help support the show through Patreon. Every $5 helps to pay for the software and the hardware and everything else that goes into making a podcast. You can also contribute by using our code at True Nutrition. True Nutrition has been our title sponsor for several years now. I'm super grateful for them. And I've believed in True Nutrition supplements long before they sponsored our programming. You could use our code THINK for health supplements and performance supplements. Feel free to hit me up if you have any questions. And if you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have free shipping over $99, huge discounts on overstock, short dated, and label changed products. Plus, they have all your normal supplements too. Thank you guys for listening to the commercial. I hope you're having a great day and that your bodybuilding is going well. Let's get back to the shelf. I think that... I'd love to hear you guys' opinion, but lying leg curls got to be one of the most raped exercises in the gym. Like ass is coming up and not. I was going to go with lat pull, but I'll give you that they're pretty fucking close. I, I would yeah, I, I, well, I think the grand champion is actually a lateral raise, to be honest with you. But <laughs> very good point. Yeah, I've watched those point. and I'm like, what do you think you're doing right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, so I finish off with those and, and that's it. I mean, it doesn't take. Truthfully, after the heavy movement. I'm pretty much done. And now yeah. it's just finishing, you know, because I know the hams have to have more than a stretching movement. So they get two other touches. Oh, I didn't mention everything I do on the hamstring days are higher reps. So 20 to 30 on the seated and 15 to 20 on all the sets of lying leg curl. Okay. Can I ask, can I ask you, why did you do the, uh, like the stretch before the contraction exercises? Because I'm an egomaniac. Like, 
and I want it to be. I mean, heavy. just feel good, or you want to be able to lift the most amount. <laughs> I just answered. I was very honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sensed the honesty. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that wasn't that wasn't humor. That was that was me saying very honestly. No, I think truthfully, it's because when I when I do the contraction movements in the past, I have done where I'll like if I'm going to do a, a deficit RDL or something, I will do a like a lying leg curl first. Um, but if not, I actually feel like, for lack of better explanation, Scott, turn this off real quick because I don't want him to hear this. I feel like the muscle is like balled up now because I've, I've been curling it. And as soon as I put a bunch of weight on it, I, it doesn't feel safe. I'm like, See, it's weird because I feel the opposite. off the muscle here. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Andrew. I feel the opposite. But I get what you're saying. You have this I, mental thing yeah. that you've attached to it that you're not going to get around. And there's something to be said for that. That's well, right. I think the I mean, bigger point yeah. is, you know, as someone that's had, what, 20 years in the gym now, 15, 20 years in the gym now, right? It's mm -hmm. all about your personal feel. And yeah. It's yeah. all about learning your body, learning your anatomy, mm -hmm. learning what's worked for you. And and obviously, it'd be stupid for you to go against what you've known to work for yourself over the years. Yeah. Right. Well, Andrew and Skip said that I should have. do these first. Yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> then he goes in and he fucking tweaks his hamstring. Like, oh, <laughs> you know what it is, though, is I think that's the problem in the other direction, too, though, is when guys are looking up to bodybuilders, they'll, they'll, they'll want to emulate. And, like, yeah. for example, and, and Scott and I have oh. like a running joke. I'm like, I would never suggest that everyone pull the way I do. I think a lot of people would break. Like, you know, mm -hmm. literally, I mean, they would have injuries that I, knock on wood, have not had to worry about, and it's worked really well for me. But I think people do that. They get this attachment, like, well, I saw Ronnie Coleman yeah. yanking T-bar rows out of the corner. I'm like, yeah, that was my Ronnie. shoulders would still be in Texas yeah. if I did it like that, you know? But, um, so I think that that's point. important, you know, because for, for like T-bar rows, for example, I've gotten injured on those twice, like injured, like hmm. out of the gym for weeks. Yeah. So I just don't do them like low back injured or yeah, just, you yeah. know what it is, is cause, and it was granted, it was long, a long time ago. So I'm would perform them better, but you start yanking. And if that bar moves at all, your spine is just in a tricky spot, particularly in my opinion, for a range of motion. That's kind of shit. Yeah. Um, kind of like pulls you forward a lot more. Yeah. And I, I twice I've done that where it's, it, and it wasn't an injury like put me out, but it literally like, you know, it definitely had me sleeping on the floor in my house yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah. You know, so it, after the second one, I just said, okay, you're not the smartest, but you're not the dumbest. We don't need to do this again. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. Toss this movement, even though Ronnie did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, to All your right. point, though, have you noticed that like whenever someone does like a new banded exercise, whether it's a reverse banded hack squat or right now I see the trend is to reverse band a Smith squat or reverse band a press. Next thing you know, you see like mm -hmm. 20 of your other Instagram friends that are starting to do it. Yeah. 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 All right, you got to understand things. why too, right? Go ahead. Uh, I was going to switch topics a little bit. I was going to say I had a couple things uh, from Patreon that I wanted to make sure I got in here. I told everybody that we were going to be hanging out with Dusty. And uh, Jim McDonald asked us, he says, um, Okay, so he's over. Uh, he's an older dude, uh, forty-seven. He's looking to grow without getting hurt. My question is whether I could achieve this by doing high rep sets with lower weight. What's the trade-off of doing this? Well, to me, it's simple because I I would still be doing progressive overload. So, 
again, we're in that dangerous topic. The way he asked that question, his version of lighter weight mm. is not the same as mine. Because right. I would say, yes, if you do heavier or higher reps, the weight will come down. But I want you doing as much weight as you can possibly do in that rep range. Yeah. You're never going to get around that. Um, but there is, like I was talking about earlier, slowing it down, pausing. But the intensity has to be just like it was when you were 16 and bench pressing. Yeah. You know, you need to be walking there and saying, okay, last time I did 225 for 18. Today I'm shooting for 19 or 20. Because that's the only way your body has to have a reason to grow. And I think I get worried when people use the word lighter and higher reps because I know what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Can I go in there and curl a can of tomatoes and my arm will grow? No. You know, yeah. it, it has to be. So the intensity has got to be through the roof either way. But, but I do recommend, and Dante instilled this to me in a million years ago, is yes, in your you know, 40s and up, the rep range should go up because that's going to – keep you a little safer but the, the thought process doesn't change yeah and it's hard like i mean i'm at a point where i i don't feel comfortable right now still trying to come back from having been sick i don't feel comfortable with my overhead pressed and if i pick up like something that's lighter for me like the 50s i can just do that all day but mm -hmm. the thing is, is that like trying to go to fail, like I would rather go heavier. You know what I mean? I would rather right. go heavier and fail, you know, like grab the 90s or something and fail at 10 versus try to get 20 reps because those last like four or five reps when you're doing something that you can get like 20 real reps with to real mm -hmm. failure. Like you could, you know what it is, is like I feel like when I do eight reps to failure, I get to like rep six and it starts getting really hard. And I in you know seven eight and I'm just like done. There's no question about it. But if you right. if you do double the reps, you get to like you're not you know you're not fourteen. Just like reaching you're not just reaching uh, metabolic tension or um, uh, tension failure. You're, you're you're also incorporating metabolic failure as well, right? Mm -hmm. With all the byproduct buildup of the you know, hydrogen ions and whatnot. So like yeah. you're really feeling that more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and you have, I don't know, you just, you have more ability too. It's like that line doesn't just end where like, I'm just done. It's like, could I get one more? Well, I can physically hold it still. Yeah, I could probably right. try. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Um, we had another DC question. Uh, he says, um, okay, so we're talking about rep ranges in DC. He says barbell versus dumbbell rep ranges. Should that should that change? Well, there's only a few movements you would even use a dumbbell with if you're truly DC training, because what you run into, for example, a shoulder press, um, the jumps in weight, it's unless you've got magnet half pound weights and stuff, it becomes really, really hard to add enough to add any amount of weight when you don't want to just go up in reps. Plus, you're factoring in now the danger when you're using a dumbbell, think about all the ways a sh overhead shoulder press can go wrong with a dumbbell when you're truly squeezing out to absolute failure, even with a spotter. Um, so I don't really recommend it. You know, now when you're getting into things like a, a dumbbell row or something like that, that might work for you depending on your size. But for me, like I, I never used dumbbells for anything because re realistically, the dumbbells at my gyms went up to 150 and very, very early on, that was not enough for the movements that Dante would allow me to use for. Hmm. Did you also find with dumbbells <clears> that once you get into those upper weights, like the amount of energy you expend on that third rest pause set to get it up to yeah. where it needed to go to start the start the set? Well, that's the danger. Not just, gas, 
That just yeah. gases you out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the danger anyway. half of it anyhow, is just yeah. kicking it up there. When you're exhausted uh, for sure. already. You know, plus yeah. you got to factor in just dumb things that, uh, you know, the 150s, you know, let's say you can rep those out. They're so fucking big. Yeah. yeah. Like you're, you're not even actually doing the exercise the same yeah, anymore. you're right. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I tore a supinator just getting dumbbells into position onto my thighs from a standing position. So it was a minor tear, but nonetheless, that's a, and I and I could not do dumbbell. I could do damn near everything else in the gym three or four weeks later. But I couldn't handle a heavy dumbbell for yeah. twelve weeks, probably. So yeah. you make a good point, Andrew. I was thinking the same thing, and that's the amount of energy expenditure with dumbbell work at that level almost becomes equal to getting it on and off the rack into position, off the floor, back to the rack than yeah. it does doing yeah. the goddamn set. Yeah, yeah it would be like starting your incline barbell press on your chest instead of at the top yeah right or, or even worse like, it'd be like starting from the ground like you're gonna clean exactly. your chest <laughs> yeah lay down clean, like bench. Lift, yeah. clean lean <laughs> back I mean? which i've yeah. seen there's okay. all these okay. crazy okay. people doing stunts these days uh, <laughs> on youtube yeah uh, shit. all right i want to get everybody's feedback on this one this is the question i mentioned earlier um, question for the next podcast uh, about, oh, no, wait, that's the wrong one. Hold on a second. I have so many wow. questions floating around here everywhere. So now I got to find The guy who just thing. asked that question was all excited, and you just disagreed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the wrong show. I think that was actually for another program. Um, all right, here we go. This is the one. So he says, uh, tips for peaking consecutive weekends doing three shows in different countries. And it looks like he's men's physique, if that's important to how you answer it. You guys start. I've been starting everything. Shit. <laughs> All right. Well, well first. tips. I mean, there's an endless amount of, of things here. But I'll start it off by saying this. You, should, you clearly need to be where you're supposed to be for the first show. And then it's just a matter of maintaining, fine-tuning, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So it depends on exactly what he's talking about. I mean, everybody's going to be a little different. And at that point, you're kind of adjusting on the fly. There isn't, well, yeah. this is how the next week works. This is just follow this. And, you know, that, every every day, uh, sometimes twice a day, there are adjustments that need to be made. You don't know how much water, pro how, how much water you're going to hold rebounding from any of the shows. You don't know about flights and how you respond to flights unless you are, uh, a veteran with flying and that sort of thing, whether you're coming in a day before, whether you're coming in three or four days before uh, the training can get a, I don't want to say tricky, but it can, if you have those three shows in a row, you know, then you have to start to question, okay, am I going to train a little heavier, a little harder? Because usually most people, and I fall into this category, the, the workouts for the last five days, roughly the last week of the show, I call them stretch and squeeze. They're not terribly brutal. You're not doing heavy squatting, heavy, you know, deads. You're not doing things like that. Other people may do that, but I think it's kind of a, a given that that training there is more, is less demanding usually. So then if you mm -hmm. go three shows in a row, then you kind of have to, you know, do you really want to go with those easy workouts for three weeks in a row? There may be some altering of the training intensity, that sort of thing, but this is an individual thing. It's tough to really lay out, specific black and white yeah. differences. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree across the board with that, but it's just, um, <clears throat> if I was going to do three shows in a row, the, the first factor is 
a lot of people really swing for the fences on every show. Hmm. And when you do that, you know, and when I say swing for the fences, I'm talking about diuretics, water manipulation, not understanding um, hormone levels when it comes to water. And uh, a lot of mistakes get made because what they end up doing is swinging way left to get down. Then they swing way back to come through. Um, and so my approach that I would say that I can kind of bottle is if you're in really good shape a week out from your show, I wouldn't make a lot of changes leading into that first show. Yeah. Other than the very last night, pulling your water out and same thing with the second and third. I just think the, the more that you're making drastic moves, the higher your odds are of mistakes. Um, and then the, the truest advice I would give, because I'm assuming you're an amateur and you're doing all this, I would have picked the first show and the third show and skipped the second. Mm. That's what I would have said. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to peak back to back. I mean, even what, what would you guys say is the, the minimum amount of time that you would put between shows if you in, in given, given that you had the choice of like exactly how many weeks you'd spread them out? A week. I mean, that's a minimum, right? Because sometimes yeah. you got a qualifier, and then you got your national qualifier. What would, your, your and you'd call that, that? What would be ideal? Like you're saying, what would be the two ideal? Two weeks would be ideal. Yeah, two I weeks like two weeks. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, two weeks you can nail it. Both like yeah. two weeks. Not only can you nail it, but you're gonna if you're paying attention, you're gonna be better the second time. Yeah. Yep. If you're and not tight enough, you got you got enough time to do what you need to do to get in shape. If you missed yeah. your peak, you got enough time to evaluate what you missed and what you did wrong and go with a different strategy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Two, three weeks would be, might, might even be better if you're someone that's kind of built for distance or for going long, you know, long term. Um, but in this situation, what I would have him do is since he's flying to three different countries, I would literally schedule your flight for Sunday morning, get to the new city. So you're there by Sunday afternoon get right back in your routine so you have monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday in that new city in the gym that you're going to go to you've already gotten any of the water off you would have been holding it makes it for an expensive trip because if you're someone that's going to a new country flying home going to another country flying home going another like that's way too much i i don't think even the second or and definitely not the third show you're not going to look your best like your best show your best looks probably going to be your first show if, hmm. if you're someone that's going to go home in between. So you guys remember I, the European tour. I mean, everyone yeah. faded. Yeah. I mean, what they look like at the Olympia, and then you just watched them. <laughs> you know, the, the only reason it didn't matter is they were all fading together. Right. So. <laughs> but I know realistically. Yeah. The only thing I would also add is I wouldn't use diuretics at all. Hmm. Um, I would find a way to do this without diuretics. You know, just use some natural stuff, vitamins and whatnot. Yeah. And you know food. I mean, anytime you travel and you're in a different place, food can mm. be an issue, especially if you're OCD, because you're not going to be taking in the exact same. So you have to have those preparations in order. And, you know, flying in early is always a bonus, not only just for condition, but also for just all around preparedness. What if you have flight issues? What if you have issues with, um, you know, customs, you're going, you have some kind of hang up with your passport. You don't know. And you don't, if you're going to deal with stress like that, you want to deal with it at six or seven days out versus, yeah. you know, three days out. Yeah. That's a good point. Would we all agree that like canceling the second show is probably the best option here? If you want to be, well, it would depend on the level, right? I mean, if he is, I don't know. Let's say this. You never want to, well, I don't think. You got to take into consideration the level. Let's say you're, he's qualifying and then he's, he, or he's um, qualifying for nationals and then the second show is nationals and he's got him in that order because it wouldn't make any sense 
to kind of go up to a high level and then drop to just kind of a nothing show. It, it, there needs to be some semblance of of reason behind it. If you're shooting for a pro card, then I guess I can understand. I, I personally think three shows in a row, there needs to, with only a week in between, there needs to be a really, really good reason why you're going <laughs> and traveling that type of distance for three shows over three weekends, because that's, that's... Maybe he's trying to get exposed to uh, the judges, like one country, mm-hmm. then the next country, and then the third show is going to be a pro qualifier where, yeah. you know, there's some kind of, you know, conglomeration of the, the two other previous show judges. Um mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming he's in, in the United backyard. States. That doesn't mean that he is. He could be in a country that has very, very right. limited, you know, competitive positions or or opportunities for pro cards. I get it. There, we have it. We're spoiled here. We have it yeah, a lot different than the rest yeah. of the world. Sure. I I would say one thing I'll add is being that you know he is. It looks like he was men's physique in that picture. You know, when I think of the smaller divisions, I think it takes less to fill out. Like if I think about bikini, you really don't even have to do a lot sometimes. You know, you can just basically ride right in with what you've been like. If you're in really good shape, there doesn't need to be a lot of. And and Skip, you kind of said that, too. I think you guys all did, like make as few changes as possible. But if you're a really big dude and you've got a lot of muscle that needs to be filled out, it might take doing a little bit more versus Imagine if you're a men's physique guy, you could be possibly absolutely peeled to the bone, ready to go on any one of those guys that's like ready to go any given day. You know what I mean? You need to be that guy, I think, for this to be really successful, because any kind of anything you do is going to have a reaction after you've done it. You know what I mean? A few days later. So, yeah, absolutely. I'll add that in. I got a fun one here. This is Nate Spear brought brought this to us for Dusty. Most uncomfortable uh, off season. Uh, what was weight? What was food? And how did you feel? <laughs> well, here's what's funny. So, my most uncomfortable off season was not my biggest. It was just the biggest push. Hmm. Um, so I think, and and you guys all have experienced this on a level. Even most people here, um, what you find is when you're getting bigger, you always hit a level that it's like, oh, I've never been here before, and this sucks. <laughs> um, and so the first time I hit 286. Um, it was absolutely terrible. I mean, the amount of food it took to hold that size. Dante was helping me. I mean, we got to the point because I wasn't measuring food at that point in the off season. Um, and I owned my nutrition store. So I would just cook. Um, I can't remember the number, but I want to say like eight chicken breasts, which we all know chicken breasts in the United States weigh like 9,000 ounces. Um, they're so juiced up on shit. Um, but I'd cook eight chicken breasts and rice and potatoes and everything. In a, I called it a trough. And I would just eat out of it all day. And the rule was I wouldn't go home until it was empty. So that was my, my system for eating. Um, and it was the only way I could do it because I found before if I would plate it out, and you know Dante's always a you eat as much as you can and some meals some days is less some days more but I wouldn't eat nearly enough because hmm. like it'd be time to eat and I would look at a plate and be like well I don't want to eat and if according to this rule I don't need to eat then I just won't you know yeah. and I'd have been eating 3000 calories a day um so it was brutally uncomfortable but the reason that that's funny now is you know I've told Scott this a million times I probably haven't eaten six meals a day seven days in a row in a year and a half and i was 294 this morning like it's super easy to like maintaining that weight because i've been heavy for so long now is comical you know like i think to myself like 
God, I went through hell. You know, I could be 300 in a week if I pushed. Yeah. You know, so it's it's definitely one of those things. So for the reason I share that, so any of you guys who are pushing that are there at 220, don't worry. That doesn't mean 240 is going to be harder. It might be easier. <laughs> like, because we all do hit that level every time where you're like, you know, because I, I think the heaviest I ever got was was only like 312, but it was not nearly as bad as the 280 mark was. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you say... Did you say only? Because I mean, <laughs> I might have had a bad connection. All I am, I'm basically a basketball player in bodybuilding. <laughs> Dude, I'm six one and a half. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you're three twelve. I mean, you know, in the in, on stage. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a genetic component too to what we can handle. Because I feel like for me. I've tapped out a lot sooner. Like I'll, I've tapped. Like my heaviest was in the two thirties, and mm-hmm. I remember being two thirties and feeling like, oh my god, I don't know if I can get my seatbelt on, like <laughs> you know, or like, oh my god, I gotta tie my shoes. I better take a breath and go. Oh. You know, you wear laces. <laughs> yeah, really. I don't wear. I don't wear laces. Actually, there's there's clearly everything. a genetic. There's clearly a genetic component, but you know, <clears throat> look, I don't want to sound like a sycophant here, but if we're going strictly on genetics, I am sorry. Um, let's be fair. Dusty, you did not, you were, your physique early on was not screaming. I've got genetic potential to be a fucking, I'm going to be a professional. Yeah. It just wasn't, it just wasn't there. And that's why it's always tough because, you know, if someone comes to you, I'm sure at some point you ask someone, if not several people, you know, do I have the genetic potential Mm. to be good at this sport? And, Mm. Hopefully, not not very many people said absolutely no. Hang it up, because right. that it it still is hard to see. We've all seen guys who we didn't think would end up very good, <clears throat> and damn it if they didn't. They they ended up either you know. And a pro card isn't. I mean, that's kind of how we gauge success in right. a certain. But even without a pro card, you. You people can go a long fucking way. You're not going to surpass your genetic potential, but I don't think it's as always as obvious, especially even from a structure standpoint, as it is. What is your genetic predisposition or genetic position for assimilation of gear, assimilation of nutrients, of a lot mm. of the things that you can't see? When we're asked that question, we really only go by visually. Well, what's the bone structure look like? What do muscle bellies look like? What does the shape look like? And that's not the entire equation so it's very difficult sometimes so if you're listening and you get feedback like jj marsh gave to that cat not that it was wrong he may well have been right because he had been trying at that level for so long but you kind of have to come to that yourself and until you get that feedback and it kind of sinks into your brain fuck man just keep just stay on the grind and see how far you can go maybe not kill yourself in the process but that in fairness I know this is going to sound insensitive and shit, but that's an individual decision too. So I try to stay out of other people's business and I try not to judge on whether someone is taking too much shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's still their business. I might disagree and I might not advocate for it, but it's still a personal decision on how hard and how long someone wants to go at it. Absolutely. No, I, agree. I, th- I think that that's a great point too. Plus there's things you don't realize even when you're getting into it. I mean, when I look at early pictures, like we, you know, you've seen Skip because you you were around since I started with Dante. Like, you know, people saw my progress pictures once the the work was done, so to speak. And they're like, well, he genetically had a great back. And then you post a picture of your back, and they're like, 
Oh, that's not it. (laughs) Definitely did not have a genetically good back, you know? So there's, there are a lot of those factors. And I think even on the same thing, like as much as I had to eat back in the day, like Tommy, as we've went over a million times, uh, Scott, he eats more in his prep than I have to eat in an off season because his metabolism is so fast. So you get like, like you said, there's, there's different parts of genetics. And I think that some of, some of those factors also are how long will someone's body go doing what we're doing um, relatively injury free? I mean, when yeah. I look back now when I'm done and I look and go, wow, my body actually stayed together for 15 years of that. Yeah. How, yeah. you know, cause that, that was a genetic component. Cause like you said, it's not something you look at, yep. you know, and go, well, obviously he's going to be able to last in the gym for 20 years. You yep. can't see that. You know, so no, I agree. I think it's very true. Plus, I just don't think anyone should decide what you want to do. Exactly. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with blasting away and doing what you love because, you know, especially as if my my last year found knowledge of life being short, I'm like, you know, I look back because I remember when people, when I was pushing for bodybuilding, it was it was definitely the highest priority. People are like, you're missing out on life. I'm like, whose life? Yeah. This is exactly what I want to do. I can do anything I want. So what do you mean I'm missing out? Like now, if somebody said to me, you want to prep for a show? I'd be like, no, not even a little bit. Yeah. Like I have things that are more important now, but I don't look back with an ounce of regret. And I wouldn't look back with regret if I didn't ever make a dollar in this industry. I loved what I was doing. You know, I think that's where people really get confused on deciding the value of something. Like have I never made a dollar? I'd still look back and go, Man, but what about this time that me and Johnny were in the gym and did this? And those are memories, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's about. All right. I think I've got a couple questions left here, and I think they were more just like general questions. So I want to get everybody's opinions on these. This is from Jake, and he's new to Patreon too, by the way. So thanks for supporting us, Jake. He says, uh, I've just started using two IUs of underground GH every day to help heal a shoulder shoulder tear that happened back in June last year. Is that enough or would four to six be better as mentioned today? I think, I think we are talking about dosing growth hormone uh, for growth and he's talking about repair. So anyway, um, he says 30 years old. Uh, no, 30 years oh. old. Uh, they, they kind of all blend together after a while. Maybe we, maybe we answered it in DMs to each other or something. Uh, 12 years natural training. I think I sent it to you. That's what it was. Yeah, I'm like, obvious a bottle a day. Yeah, <laughs> just started, <laughs> just started dipping my toe into the dark side after a few years of research. So he's running to, I use a GH, I guess, how beneficial is that for his shoulder repair? And if you guys have any other thoughts on what he could do to fix this, I guess that would probably be I'm going to grab a valid. bottle so I can show them another thought while you guys talk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'll, I'll jump I'll in and just say four to six is always better than two. I mean, come on, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna bullshit you here. I mean, four to six, eight's better than six. I mean, Jesus, I, you know, I know that sounds shitty, but that's just the reality of it. Well, uh, it will it help? Also, you're not gonna get hurt in the same way you would if sure. you were to blast a different anabolic, uh, an androgen. Yeah. Right. Completely agree. Yeah. And that's why I say when I say that I'm being truthful, I'm being transparent, but at the same time, I don't want anybody to think, oh, that's just reckless. Take as much as you can. But you're right. There are different, far less consequences to that from a growth or recovery standpoint. Sure. It's going to help. It's always, always going to help. I don't know the specifics of his shoulder injury. So 
it'd be difficult for me to, you know, say what's going to work or what could work. I mean, you know, you do have the BPC, TB, depending on what the, you know, is it irritation, the shoulder or the rotator cuff? I mean, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if you're overtraining. I don't know if you did something stupid in the gym. I, I'm just not sure what the, what the issues there are, but it will certainly help with recovery. And I hate to say it, but more is better. Not infinitely, but six versus four versus two versus eight. Yeah, yeah, go big. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'll add to that is save yourself some time and find a real competent PT, chiropractor, mm. who is someone who's in the sport or athletics who understands like when you tell them, okay, I was dumbbell pressing and on when I was pushing up, that's when it started hurting. Or, yeah. Like find someone competent with that. A general PT probably is not going to be able to break it down the exact same way. Like our PT, my PT is like a former um, CrossFit champion and very heavily understands bodybuilding, understands training. So like when I tell her how I hurt myself, she goes right to the injury and usually it's fixed within two weeks if I do what she says. Well, she probably has quite a bit of injuries from doing pull-ups too. But anyway, go ahead, Dusty. (laughs) That was a cheap shot at (laughs) cross. I gathered. No, um, what I was going to say is, which I heard you kind of cover, Skip, which he used the word tear, um, which I always hate that word because I don't know that people always know that they have a tear. Um, So if you actually have a tear or you actually think you do have a tear, um, then the first step is obviously you need to go find out if that's the case. Um, because growth is not going to fix a rotator cuff tear, right? It just, that's not how it works. Um, so depending on what the injury is though, um, I do have some questionable issues with my shoulder and I actually literally started this and I'm going to rape the, the, uh, wording and then show it, but it's, uh, pentoson polysulfate that, uh, that I just started about two weeks ago huh. and Everything I've read about it says give it six weeks and it's going to change your life. What does it look um, like? Show this to us, Dusty. I can say it's, it's legal, so I can. Can I get close enough so you can actually read yeah. it? Let's see. Let's see here. Huh. Now, did you get this from a compounding pharmacy or was this an online? Yeah, no, this is uh, this is from Transcend. So um, okay. they, they can uh, you can go through and I have a, a link so they can set up through through me. But basically, all they have to do is go on there. They get their blood work pulled something like this but i mean it's i went into it with a very like well fuck it we'll see kind of thing and i i originally was like i think i'm feeling a change but i nah you know what i mean kind of push it down right away but now i've had three pressing days where and it's not gone not at all but where what i literally have is like a shifting that's taking place in my shoulder and once as soon as I get tired, it'll be like, K-k-k. I mean, you. I, yeah. the other day I actually had my girl put her hand on my shoulder while I did a press. And she was like, you need to stop doing this. That cannot <laughs> possibly be good. Um, it literally got me like a third of the intensity on reps nine and ten the other day, which it would have been on rep two. Damn. You know, so huh. very drastic. I'm, I'm going to be um, putting out uh, my full breakdown after about the six weeks. But I can say after two that uh, I've already started telling people like, yeah, this is something worth doing. And you only take it. You only take a milliliter twice a week. Okay, I got to look into this because I don't know about it. And I just looked it up and and I see WebMD. You know, I just did a Google and it says uh, medication used to treat pain and discomfort for certain bladder disorders such as interstitial cystitis. 
which is what's going on in my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. You didn't hear that part? Were you not listening? <laughs> Obviously, the sound going in and out has happened twice now. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty It's pretty nuts. Um, but yeah, and the other thing is, is everywhere you read, it's like sub-Q. Huh. And then as soon as you get it, it says sub-Q or directly into the muscles. Yep. <laughs> Dang. Are there so, any side effects? The only thing that I have heard from other people, and this is not from this place, so I don't know what it is, but uh, one guy actually DM'd me when I put it up last week, and he's like, but that shit burnt so bad. And I'm like, mm. well, sure. and I've had stuff did that. And I was like, oh, didn't at all. <laughs> yeah, it's not so bad. You know, <laughs> so, so I was, I'm actually excited to have someone else try this exact one because, you know, sometimes it'll burn for someone and not for you. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily yeah. it doesn't burn. But I was like, well, shit, I'm glad it didn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to throw one more thing in because I, I did tear my supraspinatus. Uh, it was like almost a couple of years ago now. And I didn't realize because I, I hadn't done a ton of research previously about um, things like glucosamine and chondroitin. And my first thought was like, oh, man, I got to really beef up on my joint supplements. So I, you know, and I made a post saying saying like, I'm really lucky. It's only a partial tear and I got to beef up on my joint supplements and Dante messaged me about it and he started telling me like what you need because I'm thinking like oh I'm going to get glucosamine chondroitin MSM right and all the wrong things for that injury right exactly (laughs) so turns out that those things don't really repair connective tissue and I kind of always had that in my brain because growing up and you know like in the 90s and stuff that's what people took for your joints so anyway though he had suggested um beef you know, hydrolyzed beef collagen, which you can get from True Nutrition. Use our code THINK. And uh, I'm on it to this day. I use a 29-gram scoop, which it's completely flavorless. So I just mix it in my coffee. It kind of adds like a nice little nice little flavor to it. And I suggest it to anybody that's, you know, in their 30s, in their, their lifting weights. Really, anybody can benefit from it. But it's one of the only things that's actually going to regenerate connective tissue. That and... Mm-hmm. Another uh, supplement called uh, UC2, undenatured type 2 collagen. So with uh, the the beef collagen, regular collagen, you get type 1 and type 3, and then the undenatured type 2, UC2. Um, and Dante has that too uh, in his JFlex product. So, yeah. um, you know, those things though, I, I decided I'm just going to make a commitment and start taking that stuff. And as a bonus too, I've noticed that like, it does stuff that growth hormone does. Like, you know how when you've been, you haven't taken growth for a while and then you start growth back up and you start noticing your fingernails are growing faster. Right. I, I get that. Like if I, you know, if I run out of the, the beef collagen and then I start taking it again, like a few weeks later, I'm like, dang, my nails are growing so fast. Like I got to cut them a lot more often and it changes the way your skin looks a little bit. So there's, there's something to it. There's no question about it in my mind, but I wouldn't nail that salon loves me when I'm on growth because I'm there every two weeks for my Manny and Petty. You're like, oh, you're just growing. We just have to turn. I'm like, I know. I don't know why. <laughs> One expense causes another expense. Yeah, Interesting. I just want to throw money at you. That's all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, let me add too. Glucosamine and chondroitin too. This is very important. Um, it, it doesn't, I, you know, I personally think it doesn't do shit for humans, but it is incredibly good for cat bladder health. I give it to my really? cats twice a day. Yeah, bladder health. Huge. Like, it's night and day. 
So I just want so to anybody my bladder thing is for shoulders, and his <laughs> shoulder thing is for bladders. But remember, when he was reading that from the when Scott was reading that, it did mention something to do with bladder, right? Or yeah. 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 So there's some connection there. That's what made me go, oh, that's why. Because I couldn't figure it out either. I'm like, why in the hell am I giving my cats uh, gluhosamine chondroitin when he's having such a bladder? I mean, it almost killed him. And this is such an important and integral you know, part of his health. But it works incredibly fucking well. Huh, so okay. odd thing. I, clearly, it doesn't fit with bodybuilding. But anybody who has cats out there, you're gonna, you're gonna you'll save yourself an eleven thousand dollar surgery if you're having problems with, <laughs> with your oh, cat's bladder issues. The only other thing I would add too is mobility. I just went online, went on YouTube because I did like you know, like you did, Andrew. I went and you know, I I went into my doctor and uh, you know they could tell me exactly what happened, and I did get some scans done and stuff too. But um, I, I went on to YouTube and I just started searching mobility. There's this guy named Smashworks. It's like Smash W-E-R-X. -E um, he's really good. And like he's a CrossFit dude. Anything that you've got wrong, you can look him up and he'll have an answer. He'll have like, you know, 30 different mobility things you can do. I didn't realize that the shoulder, everything controlling it. I mean, I think one of the things we have is our pec because all that oh, yeah. pulls, you know. So that's going to throw your shoulder off. And then everything supporting that is underneath it. So like even to the fact like the muscles in your rib cage and into your armpit, your lat, all that stuff, you know, if it starts getting too tight, then you start having shoulder issues. So there was a reason that he hurt his shoulder to begin with. So in order to fix that, you got to get to that cause and, and strengthen up things that probably weren't strong enough to begin with. Right. True. All right. I got one more drug related. It was a skip question, I believe, because uh, we couldn't get through blood, sweat, and gear without some gear talk. Uh, well, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I mentioned on another show, uh, it was either drugs or stuff and muscle mind or muscle minds, that Skip was particularly fond of a mix of long and short ester test cycles. Uh, long story short, I just happened to have collected a lot of pharma test U and test P. Could Skip cover quickly? Why and how uh, did he find himself so well with this type of combo? I was planning on running a test P, then test U only cycles or vice versa. But now I'm intrigued about mixing them through the week. Thanks a lot. Well, it's not this huge like deal maker, deal breaker thing. So I, I, if I have ever given the impression that you know, your life is going to radically change and gains are just going to be like pouring out of you. That's that's not what I mean. I just am not a huge fan of longer esters that I don't like to hold water. I don't or as much water. I don't want my blood pressure up. I don't want more stress on my heart and my kidneys that I need. So I would rather, you know, I don't want to dose just short because even though I really like the swelling in my shoulders when I inject it, <laughs> I don't. You know, it, it it just, you know, I balance them out. So it's usually a 50. I think I usually say it's 50-50, it's 60-40. It's in there somewhere. And I just, I, I have had such, I don't want to say good luck, but I mean, I've had, the results have been so good that it's just something that I had stuck with over the years. And a lot of clients have found the same thing. But there isn't any one thing that I can put my finger on and go, well, this is why. I mean, the fact that it you know, may not aromatize as much, which is kind of funny because the only time in my life I've ever had any type of gyno was when I was running a lot of pro. So I had to laugh because I was like, 
damn, my nipples feel, oh, it shouldn't feel that good. <laughs> I got dino. What the fuck is going on? And it was literally the only time. And I mean, God, I've been doing gear for, I don't know, like 80 years. It's been a long time now. <laughs> but the point is, is there's, there's just less aromatization. There's less water kickback or not water kickback, but um, water retention. And anytime you can lessen water, I'm not a big fan of DECA. I mean, I'd rather run NPP, and the argument is always, well, they're not really all that different. Well, they are when I put them in me. There's yep, a there's right a substantial here. difference. I'm not holding as much water. So those are just things. And then the, then the question becomes things like, uh, you know, uh, long estered um, trend. I thought it was great. And then I'm on it, and I'm having all these fucking, wa- like, cramping walking upstairs. Like, I'm, like, what the fuck is going to, obviously, there are other variables. You know, I was loading and everything. But I've loaded for, tw- skip loaded for 20 years. I, I don't cramp walking upstairs. And it finally came, I came to realize, I'm like, holy shit, this, I, and I quit taking trend hex and I just assumed that an anthate would be, and I went right back to acetate. So I have found in my experience, and, you know, I'm not the last word, but I've done a lot of fucking gear for a long time. So, and I've seen, you know, I've trained a lot of clients who have done a lot of gear for a long time. And that is just something that I have come to. It doesn't mean that everybody will respond the same way. But when I have seen that over and over, it just makes me that much more want to go with the shorter, the shorter esters. So I guess that that's, that's why. <laughs> Makes sense. Jake was with us, by the way. He said, he's the guy who tore, uh, was dealing with the shoulder thing. He said, uh, hilarious to know that I was taking cat bladder supplements. So he was already on the glucosamine chondroitin. Now we can save some money. All right. Well, that's all we got for you guys. Dusty, I appreciate you coming out to hang out with us, man. This is fun. Definitely. That was awesome. Appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing what you guys have. We've got a, we've got a show. You know what? Actually, our, it's just bodybuilding is going to come out before this show. <laughs> can we say who the guest was? Should we? You can't say who the guest was because he's he's set. We're good. Okay, good, dude. We had so <laughs> since this comes out after had, it's just bodybuilding. Say. Yeah, dude, it was so fun getting to talk with Brandon Curry on it's just bodybuilding this week, wasn't it? It was it was the best. I just I had no <laughs> idea he was such a big fan of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pumped though. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, and of course, guys, we appreciate everybody watching on the live feed. And um, I didn't mention it at the beginning, but all our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. We're also brought to you by supplementsource.ca. So if you're in Canada, check them out. Uh, you can go to visit Skip. If you want to work with them, go to teamskip.com. Hit up Andrew at bodyberry.com. You can reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. And uh, what's the best way to reach out to you, Dusty, if, if uh, people want to get a hold of you for some coaching? We just do my email, Dusty at DustyHanshaw.com. Easy enough. All right, guys, we appreciate you watching on the live feed. We'll see you soon.